Hey everybody, on this episode of Conversations, I'm joined by World of Outlaws late model series pit reporter and the voice of the Summer Nationals, Ruben Morales. We talk all things World of Outlaws, including Brandon Shepard's season to this point, Chris Madden's championship chances, and a bunch more. We also talk the new Summer Nationals schedule, whether Brian surely can repeat as champion, and who else might run the full tour. Ruben also walks us through the creation of the Stick Signals podcast and what's next for the show. Enjoy the episode. Ruben, we're just coming off this weekend at uh, Mississippi Thunder Speedway. We got a Chris Madden win. We got Brandon Shepard's first win. When If we would have started the season and I would have told you that it would have been the first week of May before we would have seen a Brandon Shepard official World of Outlaws win, would you have believed it? Uh, you know, I would have said yes and no, usually because he's very strong in speed weeks. Um, but obviously, you got to take away. He didn't go to Arizona this year. So, you know, those are six races he didn't go to. Um, so I want to say no, because remember last year he started, he didn't get his first win till around this time. And then in, you look at 2019, then he won the Dirt Lake Model Dream. So uh, definitely not. Um, uh, one thing that the competition has to worry about with Shepard is, remember, coming into this weekend, he was one of the. 33 drivers, I believe, that didn't have a dry dean heat race. And guess what? He was the only one that won both dry dean heat races this past weekend and uh, managed to, with Madden still getting a victory, managed to still increase the point lead by four points. So uh, I would say uh, I'm kind of shocked, but at the same time, with the circumstances not going to Arizona, no. As you've talked to him and, and that team this year, what are you kind of like, what are the impressions you get from them? Like, how are they feeling about how the season has gone? Well, uh, they're definitely obviously frustrated with everyone saying, oh, they haven't won, they haven't won. And obviously there's a lot of other drivers that haven't won either. But of course, they they uphold a high standard. So they're definitely, you know, uh, obviously with a chip of the shoulder, they always show up. They're always at the first of the pit gate. They're always, you know, they're testing and everything. So uh, obviously they know they were struggling, but the the mentality they had was definitely unstoppable. They knew they were going to get a win someday. They just they were working hard. The, the hard work never stopped with them. When you know you, you talked about there about some other guys that haven't won yet. When you look around the field right now with the World of Outlaws Late Model Series, who are those names that surprise you as guys that haven't run better? And I, I know we've seen plenty of guys have bad luck, but well, as you look down the order, who's that guy or a couple of guys that you're a little surprised by so far? Well, definitely has to be Ricky Weiss. Obviously, we talked about him uh, being super consistent the past two years that he's been on tour was our rookie of the year two years ago. And Ricky, honestly, he has been, I mean, completely, I. I mean, he hasn't been up there at all. And I feel bad for Ricky Weiss. Obviously, the whole sniper thing, they're trying to move into their fourth shop in five years. Uh, Ricky is obviously struggling for help. They don't have Jason this year. Uh, Sean isn't at every event. Dana's going back home um, with that whole sniper deal. I don't know. I just feel like Ricky Weiss hasn't really uh, been that well this year. Obviously, we expected him to do a lot better, finish third in points. He was the highest rookie to ever finish in national points, then got second last year. So we're kind of like saying, hey, he finished third, he finished second. Is this year he gets the, the championship? And well, this year hasn't really been that good. Good for Ricky. Uh, Dennis Herb Jr. Um, obviously got the win at Erie's last year, got that Clarksville Summer Nationals win with us last year. And this year, obviously, would have had that Volusia Speedway Park win last year, but the whole scales didn't didn't go to scale. So uh, after seeing him at Volusia, it was a whole new resurface. You know, everyone was fighting for grit, but Dennis Herb Jr. has been on the struggle bus. Um, I would say those guys, and obviously uh, Kay Dillard, I mean, I, I had a lot of hopes for him going into Boone and going into Mississippi Thunder Speedway. He got good finishes, but uh, man, you just, you got to feel for him. Uh, he's been doing good. Obviously, two good second places, and obviously got win at Boone. Um, I there's just a lot of drivers uh, that that I thought would do a little better, um, like Ricky Weiss, or, or you know, I expected Kate to have more than one win at this time. But I mean, nonetheless, they're still doing good. But yeah, those are some of the guys that I would think. 
Um, one of the things that kind of surprises me at this point in the year, and, and obviously, you know, Bobby Pierce is a guy that you see a lot as the, as the voice of the summer nationals when that part of the schedule rolls around, but gets his first two outlaw wins. And he's actually leading the series right now in laps led. And he hasn't even run that many races. What are your impressions so far of, of what Bobby's been able to do this season, uh, kind of out with the national tours? So the past two years, he's been back in those Pierce Platinum cars. Remember the year before that, he was running Rockets. When he when he came back, out of, he went to Dunbenson, then ran the Rockets, and then he went when he went back to his Pierce Platinum. Uh, Bobby wasn't that fast, but obviously, Bob, it, it takes time. In this sport, it takes time. When when you stop running your own stuff, it takes time to get back up to speed. So when Bobby finally has two years under the belt with those Pierce Platinums, he started to figure out how to qualify well. And and the thing about Bobby, he's better at those longer distance races. He's just smarter. He he could set himself in better positions in a longer distance race than a 30 or 40 lapper um so i'm not surprised about that i think bobby's going to be a, a tough guy coming up here in the next couple of years if he keeps everything going if you think about it summer nationals all he has to do is just qualify well just like these outlaw events he'll start up front if he starts up front he could do very well i mean he's he's a three-time champion for a reason um i think this is the year that he will uh, dust off the cobwebs on the summer nationals and come back and you look at the rest of the year for him. I mean, those crown jewels that he he's won in the past, I think he could win them again this year. I think Pierce is uh, one of the hottest drivers in the country right now. And I think it keep, keep this momentum going for the rest of the year and even into next year. Uh, I did a daily show last week talking about Chris Madden and kind of his uh, his championship chances this year. And it, it feels like with the way kind of Shepard and those guys have run up to this point that this kind of might be the best opportunity that Madden has had in his career to win the championship. What do you think of his championship chances? Well, you know, right now the separation is 60 points, but that's with Madden not starting two features. Remember back at Volusia, if he would have, I mean, I wish he would have signed the paperwork then he would have been in the show. So we really hope it don't come down to the end, you know, where it's 50, 40 points because it's going to come down to those two features that he didn't make. But uh, remember, when he signed on tour at Smoky Mountain, he was 12th in points. And now he finds himself in second 60 behind. I mean, this crew is a young crew. They they only have this year and the last two outlaw races of last year, which was the last call and, and that Mike Duvall Memorial at Cherokee and the 411. Him, Ricky, and Steve have done a phenomenal job. Uh, this team is a young team. They are they are hard workers. I saw them this past weekend at Mississippi Thunder. I sat down and got to know them a little bit more. And uh, I, I honestly... I feel like this is a Chris Madden year. There's just something in the air. He won the Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series Championship. There's a lot of fight in Madden. The thing about Madden, uh, he's a long way from home. I mean, all the way from that red clay South Carolina style racing and, and region. He needs to win races out of his region. He did good at Farmer City. He did good this past weekend getting that big win. He needed that big win. Uh, they tested at Davenport. They tested at Mississippi Thunder. I think this is a team to be uh, wrecking with. I mean, Shepard, the thing about Shepard, though, he's just so consistent. Madden has the most Dryden heat race victories he has six Shepard only has two and those come this past weekend so I think if Madden continues to be doing what he's doing and start running up front this confidence is going to help now that he beat the one team I think Madden has a very good shot of winning this championship if I'm being honest I think uh, Madden is my pick for the year uh, when you look back over the races we've had up to this point what's a race that stands out to you in in, in terms of maybe championship impact or, or something that was just a really great race well, for Shepard, I mean, honestly, Cherokee really stood out to me, although it did not count the prelim night uh, to Shepard to seal the victory. How I said, you have to win races outside your region. Shepard has never been strong in that red clay. If Shepard could, he, he passed McDowell on the outside groove at Cherokee at Cherokee, that new track configuration uh, going back to Cherokee. We still have two races there. We got to finish this one. And then obviously the Mike Duvall Memorial. I think if Shepard figures it out, he definitely seals a championship. But um, I don't know. I mean, the one that stood out, obviously, that night. Um, 
there's just so many so many good races that stood out uh, obviously farmer city brandon uh looked uh, i mean looked forward to going back home especially uh, after not racing there last year due to you know all the restrictions um he still managed to, to say, save it so i mean i don't know i uh those really stand out to me because it just goes to show anyone could win an outlaw night we saw two first time winners uh, we're in for a curveball every single night when you look forward now, and, and I know some of these you're going to get to go to because of, of, you know, obviously your commitments with the other series and some of them you're not going to, but what are some races here coming up that are, you know, ones that you're kind of looking forward to the ones that you have circled on the calendar? Uh, well, uh, definitely uh, Port Royal, just because of the half mile. This has really come down to good qualifying. Uh, you look forward to that northern swing, um, obviously. Uh, definitely uh, PDC and USA Nationals, those are coming up. Those are going to be big as well. Uh, just kind of the bigger events, just because, you know, it's not just the outlaws there. Bigger names come, you know, when, when other series are off. You get guys like T-Mac. You guys get like J JD and, and Pierce and all these guys. So uh, definitely when other drivers come, that's when it really matters because uh, that's when the competition is real. Some guys aren't points racing, and they're going to send it uh, – when you really can't, it's going to come down to your qualifying and getting in that redraw. So really those bigger crown jewel events are the ones that I have my eyes on. Uh, as the voice of the summer nationals, it's definitely something I want to ask you about is we've seen, uh, obviously last year with, with COVID, they kind of come out with this kind of reworked schedule. It's very different than what we've seen from the summer nationals in the past. And I think some folks, including myself, thought that we would kind of get back to a more normal summer national schedule this season. And that didn't happen. They kind of kept what they had from last year. Uh, what have you heard about kind of like what people think of that? Like, is this a good move? Is, you know, is this something that the competitors are, are excited about? Are you excited about this? Like, where do you kind of see this kind of, uh, how do you see this playing out with this kind of reworked schedule? I talked to a couple drivers this weekend at Mississippi Thunder and uh, a lot of drivers ain't thrilled about it. But at the same time, once once they let all their official thoughts out after the conversation, at the end of the conversation, the best quote I got was, well, I, I think Sam Driggers is going to uh, lean back, uh, smoke a cigarette and laugh at us. because It's going to be a success because if you think <laughs> about it, it may be one of the most successful summer nationals. Yes, we are used to the 28 races in 32, 33 days, but this year it's 68 days. Um I don't know. Honestly, I feel like this year may be one of the most successful. I, I'm going to be honest. The schedule is a little too long, but it does give drivers an opportunity to regroup and reorganize. Um, like, for example, we have Tanner English and Ashton Winger that want to run the whole thing. Yeah, Bobby Pearson wants to run the whole thing. I know Frank Heckenis Jr. wants to go back at it. Surely that's five good drivers already, and that's not including Fager and a couple other guys that want to do it. This may be one of the strongest uh, years of summer nationals. We don't know what Bab's doing, but uh, if he decides to go on, I know Billy Moyer said he's only going to do a few. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like this may be one of the best years for summer nationals. Obviously, we're going to four new racetracks, so that makes it more interesting. It's more spread out. It gives times to it gives drivers time to regroup and reorganize, and I think it's going to be uh, good till the end, in my opinion, now that I think about it. When you like kind of start looking at like maybe a championship prediction, you know, we've seen Shirley win it a couple of years in a row before that it was Pierce a couple in a row, you know, is Shirley just kind of the favorite because of what he's done here the last couple of years, or is it somebody like Pierce? I mean, obviously, Shirley's the hottest driver in the Midwest right now when it comes to the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. He's been absolutely unstoppable. It's kind of like the modified side. Who's stopping Nick Hoffman? Nick Hoffman's doing them all. He's just he's just hot. But I mean, the way the cards are playing out this year, you, you got to you got to look at it. Frank Heckenis Jr. Like this past weekend, Shirley stayed in Illinois to go race in Illinois. Frank Heckenis Jr., Gordy Gundaker, Bobby Pierce, those guys went to Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Gordy Gundaker told me told me the best way. I like I want to get my butt kicked so I can learn. Or it was Frank Heckenis Jr. that told me that. Like these guys are venturing out out of their comfort zone. Like Frank Heckenis and Gordy could have easily gone to LaSalle this past weekend, but they didn't. They went out with the outlaws to do better and be better. And Pierce is the same way. 
So, um, honestly, I feel like does Shirley get four in a row this year? I, I want to say his chances are, are very high, but I want to say I think someone will knock him off this year. Do you think in terms of the, you know, the guys that you'll have compete that, you know, the fact that there's more money on the line and the fact that you can miss a couple of shows, you think that's going to draw more guys in? Yeah, how I said, I think it, it is going to be able to draw more guys in just because, you know, our sport, it's so hard to find a good team. You know, everyone, you know, whoever goes on the road still has to support their family. They, you know, they have a nine to five job and they're hardworking people. So it's kind of hard to find crew to go on the road. So um, with those five nights, I definitely feel like that's going to help a lot of guys. How I said, there's more time to regroup and reorganize. The only problem I can see with that is instead of taking five weeks off of work, now you got to take what nine weeks off of work. So it's kind of tough to do that. But at the same time, uh, two of those weeks are crown jewels. So will the guys sacrifice going to PDC? Will the guys sacrifice going to USA nationals? Um, I feel like like for a Tanner English, that's going to be hard because he's from Kentucky. But if you look like a Brian Shirley or a Frank Heckenis, those guys are from Illinois. So it'd kind of be easier for them. Um, I just feel like it's harder for a guy like Tanner English from Kentucky. You know what I mean? If Well, if they want to go to those crown jewels, but if they don't, I find it it's a little easier for them. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting how it plays out. Uh, there's pros and cons to it. But at the end of the day, I guess we got to experience it. Last year was just because of COVID. N nobody knew what was going to happen. Uh, we got so lucky to get last year in it. It kind of seemed like the tracks that we were at were were loose on the restrictions. And then by the end of the, of the tour, those tracks that we were at got tight with restrictions. And, the, you know, it just kind of played out to our favor last year. But now this year with a more organized, you know, we have room to breathe. I think it's going to work out pr pretty fine. What do you think about like, uh, you know, some of the guys that we get to see coming otherwise and, and, you know, some guys that stand out to me are, are Tyler Erb and, and Brandon Shepard. And obviously Erb is still dealing with some of his issues, but, but like Shepard comes in last year in his family car in the B5 and, and takes some of those wins. Should we expect some of those other guys to kind of come in and out too? Yeah, definitely. Like Shepard's going to drive the house car this weekend. Anytime Brandon gets the opportunity to drive the B5, he's going to get in the B5 and come. Obviously, that was a fun week where he won three and then Shirley won three. Mm -hmm. And you talk about Turbo joining us. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to compete with us this year. Um, but yeah, you, you look at guys like that and you look at like guys like Ryan Gustin. I know he's focused on the World of Outlaw Rookie of the Year, but you look at that last week last year, he came up there and won that final points week. So it's cool when you have guys like that, and especially the different regions. Uh, you know, you go, you go look at the Missouri weekend, you, you know, you hope like a guy like Jesse Stovall or, or Terry Phillips comes and joins us for the week. And when you go to Michigan, you have those guys like Donamar Coolier and uh, all those guys that you hope would run with us, Travis Thurlby. So um, yeah, it's always, it's always fun to see those guys run with us. Um, I, I hope a, a couple guys stop in. I know uh, Devin Moran mentioned to me that he may do the first week. So guys like that, that definitely spice things up. It's going to be a uh, worth a uh, fans's ticket. How are like, how does your schedule kind of work out through that, you know, kind of with your dirt vision commitments and, and, and doing the summer nationals are you like, once that starts, are you just kind of exclusively summer nationals? Yeah. So my priority is dirt car summer nationals. That's my baby. That's my gem. And then world of outlaws. So definitely it's a bummer that I get to miss that. I'm going to have to miss 12 world of outlaws, Morton buildings, late model series events. But at the end of the day, um, my passion is definitely in the booth. I, uh, I will say pit reporting is probably the toughest biggest challenge I've ever done. And, um, being in the booth for me is, is where it's at. So, uh, I I'm definitely happy that, that I'll be on the dirt car summer nationals announcing in the booth, but, um, at the same time, I'm bummed out that I'm going to miss uh, that Northern swing. I definitely wanted to go to Jackson. I definitely wanted to go to the Dakotas. Uh, I really wanted to go back to thunder mountain and go see the, obviously the firecracker and all that with the outlaws, but, uh, it's all right. I'll get to watch the replay on dirt vision, but, uh, it, it's all good. I missed 12 outlaw events, but at the end of the day, I'm with, I'm with the, the dirt car summer nationals and it don't get better. 
Uh, walk me through kind of like where Dirt Vision is right now. And obviously, like I, I worked at World Racing Group from 2013 to 2020, and, and Dirt Vision has come a long ways. But even I feel like in the last year or two, we've seen big improvements. You know, we've got pit reporters like you out there now. We've got, you know, the big screen trucks. Like, you know, for the people that maybe don't see some of that stuff that's happening behind the scenes, like walk me through some of those changes that you've seen here in the last year or so that, you know, have kind of come to Dirt Vision. There's a lot of behind the scenes action that a lot of people don't see. Honestly, Brian Dunlap has done a phenomenal job. Uh, he, obviously, Jim Chappelle now with Dirt Vision, he has done nothing but great things. He's really trying to turn this whole broadcast around, uh, make it more of a national broadcast. Uh, they, they've done a lot of improvements. I mean, if the, the as long as the fans keep supporting it, they're gonna they're gonna give things back to the fans. Obviously, like for the fans that watch on Dirt Vision and then go to a real race, they want to give them so, similar of the same experience that you know with a big screen. Uh, that's a big thing there. The big screen is awesome. Obviously, they have a whole pre race thing so fans don't just sit in the stands and await hot laps they actually get to watch old replays there's trivia questions uh, commercials and stuff like that so it's not just good for the fans but it's also good for our marketing partners uh you know you got to take care of the people that you know uh take care of you so that's awesome now, honestly dirt vision the for the for the price that you're paying for the fast pass and the yearly pass you get so much content you get the vault plus you get attica and all the australian venues you get uh just so much on there it's unreal and they they've uh they've added new people uh, the equipment that they take every single weekend of the racetrack you know like the the sprint car series has the the truck and the and the trailer and we have our van and all that stuff like they they do a lot of work to that a lot of improvements to make sure everything goes smooth everything goes good and uh dirt vision has just been absolutely stepping up their game and it um there's been a lot of positive um, comments on social media. Uh, I saw it was back at a uh, Volusia uh, uh, fan asked, should I get dirt vision or this other, um, this other uh, company? And, and man, so many good comments on dirt vision. It, it was, it was very heartwarming to see. So uh, dirt vision has really stepped up their game and, and it's only going to go. Um, it's only going to get better from here. Honestly, they, they have a lot of great plans in the near future. Uh, tell me about working with Rick Eshelman. <laughs> oh, I love Rick. Um, <laughs> I met him back in 2014 and I got to thank him. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Um, working with Rick is just fun. He, he's, it's never a dull moment with him. You're always going to laugh. He's always, uh, you know, always has dog treats on his, in his pocket, ready to feed a woofy. He always has funny jokes to tell you. And the thing about Rick, he's a good mentor. Obviously he's been in this game for a long time. I mean, a long time. And, and Rick will, will just be straight up with me. He's like, Hey, you messed up on that. You sucked on that. Let's fix that. Let's do this. Let's do that. So he'll definitely give me different approaches on a uh, certain things. Uh, he'll tell me, how about we do it this way? How about we do it that way? So definitely, uh, Rick is definitely always a fun guy to work with. He he really took me under his wing, and uh, even on a bad night, he makes me feel good, and and vice versa. He 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 he's always told me he's learned things from me, but he's never going to tell me until he retires. And I'm kind of curious, but it's all good. I, I've learned a lot from him, and man, I I just it's a lot of big shoes to fill when it comes to replacing his spot uh, one day, hopefully. Uh, when we kind of look at like one of the other things that fans don't see a lot of is, is, you know, the officials for the award of outlaws light model series and, and the light model series. I've always <laughs> loved that group. I mean, right now with Casey Schumann and Eric Grigsby and, and, you know, Kenny, and, you know, it's like, it's always in Bach. I mean, I can't leave out Tyler Bachman. Right. But like, it's such a great group, but what's it like going up and down the road with those guys uh, week in and week out? Yeah, time just absolutely flies. Literally, from the time that they pick me up to the time they drop me off, it, it was a blink of an eye just because it was so much fun. Like, I 
this past weekend, I laughed so hard that it hurt to laugh. It was just, it was unreal. I mean, Tyler's just a character in, in himself. He, he has such a good, fun personality. He has a, a very good uh, sense of humor. Everyone has a sense of humor. The thing about it is, anyone listening to this that wants to work in dirt track racing, you better have a sense of humor. For sure. Um, yeah, you, you, you just have to. And Eric, obviously, uh, he's a super smart guy. Like, these guys are super smart. But when it comes down to, to getting business, they flip the switch. But when it it's time to have fun. They have a lot of fun. Eric's just a lot of, he's my roommate. Um, uh, Kenny, I mean, yeah, he's just a hard worker. He's good at what he does. Uh, you look at Casey, Casey's just a great addition, obviously from the sprint car world, he adapted really well to the late model world. And uh, yeah, all these guys. And obviously Mike Warren, our new PR guy, he's funny and fun to talk to John Sims. Yeah. It's just a fun group uh, to go out and just have dinner or have a couple drinks or, or do something. It's just a fun, fun crew to be around with. Never a dull moment. Never. One of the things that I always wanted to try to get accomplished when I worked at World Racing Group was starting a late model podcast. And, you know, we, we did great work with Open Red, I thought. And, and even today, it's great to see that continue, even though me and Ross are gone at this point. But the late model thing, like we were close a couple of times and just could never seem to get it off the ground. And then you and Mick come along and you start Stick Signals. Tell me about the process of getting that show going and, and why you, why Mick and, and, and how has it gone so far? So it was funny. Um, I wanted to start a podcast a long time ago uh, with my local track, but I just kind of never, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I just don't know like the whole technical side behind it, you know, the whole editing and all that stuff. And I really wish I knew how I never did. So it was literally, it was Christmas Eve. It was either Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. And I texted Mick. I was like, Mick, I really want to start my own podcast. Like, why can't we just do a podcast for like the late model series? Like the, the sprint cars have one and sprint, like, I'm going to be honest, the sprint cars get so much attention. Like mm -hmm. I wish the late models would get more attention. Cause like late models are, are, are amazing. And I told Mick, we really need to start a late model podcast. Like, what do we got to do to do it? He's like, well, mention it to Christina. And I mentioned it to Christina and Christina said, that'd be a great idea. So thankfully she gave me the green light and I got with Mick. And the good thing about Mick, he is absolutely like, great with editing audio and putting it all piecing it all together so uh, thankfully to mick he uh he's like well yeah let's do it so uh, we really didn't have a co-host so mick's like i'll just co-host it with you i was like okay cool and then mike warren came on board and uh, mike started being part of our podcast so it's, it's really cool to have you know three guys talking about dirt late model racing so and, and, and honestly i i just wanted it more for the fans just because like the world of outlaws don't have a podcast like well the late models we needed one and mm -hmm. i've had so many fans come up to me and be like man thank you guys for doing that like it's so much fun we love stick signals and stuff like that so it's just uh in my opinion as a race fan like honestly i am a race fan i'm just a lucky race fan with a microphone um and honestly i would want to know you know what brandon shepherd thinks what he does for hobbies i would want to know you know what what these guys like to do so i think it's cool to get those interviews get those stories and those inside stories and 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 bring it to the fans for free you know what I mean? I, I think the fans deserve something like that. And, and when it creates more engagement, the thing is we need to create engagement in our sport because once we lose that engagement, uh, we're going to lose our fans. So I think creating that engagement is awesome. And um, I just wanted to do it for the fans. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool deal. And I think uh, Christina and Mick for letting me do that. And we've just uh, got the torch and ran with it. Uh, for those that haven't maybe checked out your show, well, what, what do you guys do? Who have you had on kind of give me the rundown of, of the shows you guys have done. Yeah, so actually today we just finished recording episode 13 of Stick Signals. Uh, we've had a lot of great drivers. Uh, head on on there. You can listen on any 
podcast platform i uh i have spotify you can go on there apple music anywhere you want uh so our first episode was released on uh, february 16th this year we had bobby pierce we had a it's, it's the official podcast of the world of outlaws morton buildings late model series and dirt car racing so we talked to some of the dirt car drivers too so episode two we talked to mike mckinney and steve arpin we've talked to ross bales chris madden kyle strickler chase Younghands. uh we'll talk to a promoter here and there uh, we've talked to Shepard. We talked to Rick Eshelman, by the way. That was a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Bachman, Ryan Gustin, Tyler Bruning. And uh, this weekend, we didn't get anybody for episode 13. We kind of just talked about news and notes, me, Mike, and uh, Mick. But uh, definitely, we have a lot. We want to uh, talk to older promoters. Uh, we want to talk about legends in the sport. Like, we, we plan on ha- getting, getting Barry Wright on there. We, we plan on getting more outlaw drivers on there. And obviously, as the Dirt Car Summer Nationals comes closer, we want to talk to more modified guys and stuff like that. And then once we get... um all these guys done obviously we got to keep it going so I, I plan to start spotlighting some of these guys that you know have nine to five jobs like a miles moose or like a you know like a you know uh just those midwest late model guys or you know a, a guy like like um uh oh my i forgot his name but you know those guys that work hard and are in the sport that deserve a spotlight that fans want to hear from um so yeah i i definitely want to do that and uh, keep going with this podcast uh we have we have big plans in the future to keep it going well, one of my favorite things about doing open red was kind of like the response from like the drivers and the people that were like in the community, like, and I'm curious, you know, have you had crew guys, have you had drivers kind of approach you and, and ask you things that about, you know, that have happened on the show or make comments about things that have happened on the show? Uh, I've had a couple drivers tell me like, Hey, that's pretty cool that you're doing that. Like a couple, like uh, I know Strickler and Bruning listen to it all every single episode. So it's pretty cool. It's funny when I asked Strickler at Smoky mountain to be on the show, I was like, Hey Kyle, uh, would you mind being on stick stick signals? He's like, Oh man, finally, I'm glad. Like I've been waiting for you to ask me. (laughs) So it was cool. So yeah, definitely a lot of like, um, Ryan Gustin's crew guy came up to me. He's like, we should do like a show where it's like not just the driver, but like the driver and the crew. So we definitely have plans of doing that just because we had, you know, Ryan Gustin on already once doesn't mean we're going to have him on again you know what i mean we'll do different episodes maybe next time with his crew um so yeah we definitely have plans of doing different things like that just to spice things up and change and uh, change it up that way our audience doesn't get bored and we keep everyone engaged i love it well uh i appreciate the time today um for those that don't know who you are like give me a quick like maybe couple of minutes about you know coming from you know el paso speedway you know to where you are now like how do you how do you make this jump from where you are to now being you know nationally with the with the world of outlaws light metal series and dirt car summer nationals honestly just a lot of blessings and a lot of people that have taken me under their wing uh, i uh, obviously started at the age of uh, 12 years old announcing at southern new mexico speedway and el paso speedway park i'm from uh, las cruces new mexico um all of a lot of you have heard from of this of the town of the city it's the home of johnny scott and and stormy scott and garrett alberson so that's they're all my neighbors that's where i come from i announced here for um eight years and then royal royal jones who is messiah valley transportation who's on pierce's car moyer's car craig kinzer's car he was on steve kinzer for years uh that's my boss that's who got me started and thankfully to him um one year i would always do i would always do shows in arizona west texas and, and colorado well i would do that um winter extreme which is now the wild west shootout and that's where i met rick eshelman one year when he did the ndrl kings of dirt and rick uh he's he had heard a lot about me and he finally met me and i was 14 at the time and he's like damn for 14 years old you're pretty damn good so he uh, was driving down interstate 10 one time and and stopped by and told me he's like hey i'm you know let's let's go grab lunch so i took him to this mom and pop place and he gave me the opportunity to do the dirt car summer nationals and i uh i always looked up to the dirt car summer nationals my high school job was to work at a late model shop siping and grooving tires so i knew what a, what the work 
took to doing a late model. And that's how I got my passion. So doing the summer nationals kind of just, uh, got me, you know, with Dirt Vision stepping up their game, getting pit reporters. Thankfully, they picked me to be the pit reporter for the Outlaws, and that's really where I am now. And I just, you know, thank everyone for being very, you know, uh, positive and welcoming to, to to their tracks and all that stuff. It's been a dream come true to come through all these states and all these tracks. It's been fun, and I hope all the fans are enjoying it. Well, I love it. Ruben, thanks for the time today, dude. No, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Make sure to check out Stick Signals wherever you get podcasts and check out Ruben all season long on Dirt Vision with the World of Outlaws Late Model Series and the Summer Nationals. You can also follow Ruben on Twitter at dynamite underscore Ruben. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.